Hello everyone, welcome back to Cinemates. I'm Eliana Ennis and I'm joined here with one of my great friends from home, Arif Johan. Hey everybody, how are you? <laughs> great to be here, great to be here. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. So um, would you like to tell everyone a little brief description about who you are, what you do, what you love? Yeah, I'd love to. I, I guess first and foremost, I, I love cinema. That's probably why I'm here. I love films. <laughs> um, no, I guess I, I, uh, the most important thing right now is I, I'm streaming on Twitch. Uh, I play a lot of video games. I'm a big, huge nerd. Uh, but for me, <laughs> I started streaming on Twitch uh, almost about a year ago with the purpose of highlighting Southeast Asian art. So if you couldn't tell by my name, I'm from Southeast Asia, I'm from Malaysia specifically. But for me, it's like, look, I'm a big nerd. I love this region. I love the art that's coming out of this region. So how do we introduce more people to uh, video games that are coming out of here, especially on the indie side? So that's what I do. But I also, uh, you know, despite playing video games on stream, I also spend like 90% of my streams talking about movies because I love movies mm. so much. So <laughs> I guess that's the that's the elevator pitch. Thank you. And, and where you. can people find you in your streams? Well, people can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash rfjohan. Uh, mostly because I don't have some cool... <laughs> Profe tag one name. professional yeah one professional brand two like tag name that i made when i was 13 that i could possibly continue you know i, I mean? think that's better i would not want anything <laughs> from what i decided to choose when i was 13 do you remember like do you remember like msn uh, no no like friendster or like i remember I, msn messenger yeah but which, I feel like MS, would you have a, your own username on msn messenger? no but we remember. would have loads of like what now are little gifts um, to replace different characters as you typed it. So if you typed BRB, it would like have a little BRB like glitz and glam graphic. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't. Oh I god, don't. that was yeah. But Good okay, days. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no friendster for me. You're you're too old for that. Uh, I'm too young for that. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't think friend. I think I use my real name on friendster too, or maybe like. <laughs> I, oh, it was deviant art. It was deviant art. Oh my god! That I yeah. that I had a, a, a weird username for. But anyway, uh, yeah. So <laughs> RF Johan on all things. Yes. Um, well, something that you just reminded me of um, when you're talking about how you've always loved movies, um, I feel like I probably owe to you some of my like deep love of like the intelligent aspect of films and like watching them with like a critical eye because I don't know if you remember this so I took philosophy at school mm -hmm. in IB and we had one task that was like find write a philosophical essay on a non-philosophical prompt and I was like cool I don't want to be one of the boring people who chooses like books or artwork I'm or not something. like these other people I'm not I'm... like other philosophers <laughs> yeah. and I was like, cool, how can I make this as interesting as possible? And so I was going to choose a movie, and I just looked up, like, most philosophical movies, and then I, f I can't remember how it got brought up, but basically I came to you being like, do you know anything about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? And you were like, yes, I do. I love that movie. And since then, since kind of analyzing it through that, I was like, yo, I want to do this all the time. And one thing led to another. I studied film studies, and now I'm here. So... I I Thank can't you. believe, I can't believe now every success that you have in the future is like deeply oh, rooted to in you, yeah. the, the one conversation we had about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotlight. In Spotify. math class. Oh, yeah, in math class. That's hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I guess I love, I love Eternal Sunshine, but I, I think it, you're touching on a deeper thing here. It's like, I love just talking 
finding people who may or may not have previous exposure to film and then finding maybe that one thing that interests them and like to see that and opens their eyes to the medium and mm-hmm. then it just takes them away on this journey because that totally happened to me like um uh I, I don't know at like a super young age where I was like oh like movies are movies and then somebody told me this one thing and showed me this one thing I was like holy crap yeah yeah this this it, this is insane <laughs> and it's funny now like I've been reading quite a lot of books and obviously I enjoy it and I learn a lot from it but I never feel like I pick up on things and when it comes to the end of the book there's discussion questions I feel like I've missed all the points that they were trying to make but somehow when I watch movies I I feel like I just get it more naturally but maybe that's just me me being really thick (laughs) look at you look at you stuck to the screen uh yeah I don't I don't know if I feel that I mean uh uh I think I've always found like solace in movies over other texts but then again I mean it's like Sometimes there's a really great book and I feel like I could uh, quote-unquote study the heck out of it Mm. or a great video game that has so many deep undertones as well and I feel the same thing. So it's like, yeah, I think just good movies are good movies, good books are good books, right? And those are the ones uh, worth talking about. You just have fine taste is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it's just a a really clean, uh, developed palette that I have... uh, (laughs) Accrued over the years. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, on that note, we have one big movie to talk about today. Yeah. Um, we, over your Twitch streams, have been in a heated debate on The Lion King 2. And essentially, I think, whether or not it's a great movie. I feel like we've talked about it so many times that we've just been thinking about discussing it, never actually deciding what we're going to talk about. But you're passionate about it. I'm not. So... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to lay up the, uh, the or, or preface the conversation about Lion King 2 with, like, hey, I actually, like, like other good movies, you know what I mean? <laughs> or it's like, I don't just watch uh, early 2000s Disney sequels as part of my uh, pillars to good yeah. cinema, you know what I mean? But I'm telling you, the funniest thing that I have, I think it's because, yeah, look, I didn't take film in uh, higher education, you know? I, t- I took it in high school, I... Uh, took a couple of classes here and there but I wouldn't call myself like somebody who actually studied film it's much more Mm -hmm. on the hobby side or I I would say part of my education is like sitting on YouTube from midnight to 3 a.m just watching analysis videos right like that's the kind of film education so much from that 100 percent 100 percent yeah but it's so funny because I feel like a lot of people are like oh yeah cinema paradiso is such a great film that is a love letter to theater and things like that (laughs) and then I was like yeah but you know what Lion King 2 is a (laughs) mind-blowing piece of like uh just beautiful cinema that a lot of people sleep on and so yeah. whenever i get the opportunity it's like yeah i just love to share how how many people have just missed out on the beauty that is the lion king too okay where do you want to begin god i don't even know <laughs> wait i well i have a question for you i have a question for you yeah. when did you watch lion king 2 growing up and i'm addressing everybody here in the audience uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone the live anyway. studio that we have here uh, yeah, no, have you, what's your exposure with Lion King 2? I thought that I hadn't watched it. And then when I rewatched it last night, I remembered different bits of it. So I feel like I must have, but it just it wasn't early enough that I you wanted to rewatch it, rewatch it, you know? So probably yeah. Didn't make a mark when I watched it the first time when I was young. Okay. Um I don't know when I watched it. <laughs> As in, I think The Lion King was always one of my favorite Disney movies. I think for me, it goes, look, we're talking about Disney and that, yeah. that age of Disney. It's like Lion King, 
Mulan. Glad you said that. <laughs> Please don't kill me for the for the third one, but it's not Hercules. <laughs> it's oh. uh, it's Little Mermaid. So those oh, are like my enough. three, yeah. like the top three from that like era. Um, but yeah, so I think like Lion King two, I had it on like it could have been DVD, but to be very frank with you, it could have been like VCR. And so it was just always on in the house, and yeah. uh, I, I grew up watching it. But then when I rewatched it, maybe like ten ish plus years ago i was like holy moly this movie is one of the deepest movies i've ever encountered in my life um so i think that's maybe that's the the preface to the you had low expectations and it just blew yeah. out the park it's like when you go back to watching an old movie or maybe like an old cartoon and be like no this is an amazing piece of like art <laughs> so. well i i agree with you i don't i wouldn't say that this one would be the first bit of like film that comes to mind there is silence there on purpose. There, there's silence there. Um, okay, I'll take it. I, I guess I, I can use the time to maybe convince you and convince anybody yeah, else who yeah, hasn't this, seen this the Lion is, King. This is a court a case. Great, yeah. Defend Thank yourself. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Well, I think it all starts with, and spoilers for The Lion King and The Lion King 2, everybody. I deeply apologize. But, but I'm going to go full into uh, dive deep into both of them. No, I think for me it's like, look, Lion King 1... Uh, most people know it, again amazing film I think the ending is super impactful because if I'm not mistaken the movie starts with a, a drum beat right and it goes through the whole music thing and it goes mm-hmm. through the entire story and at the end of the first Lion King uh, Simba finally ar- arises to king if you will and the yeah. whole ending sequence is actually him passing on his legacy to his child right and it ends with that final shot of who we now know is Kiara <laughs> <laughs> because of the Lion King too, but with that drum beat that ends the uh, the film, and look, that's a great ending, and I love I love uh, definitive endings and stories like that. But the expectation is that you don't make a sequel about that because it's already such a great ending. What more yeah. could you tell, right? But Disney went ahead and obviously made sequels to everything within that era. But for me, it was like the reason why this is so important is because at surface value, this film is about Kiara, who's uh, Simba's daughter. And Kofu, who is the person, or the lion that she falls in love with. But it's not actually about that. That's the craziest thing about it. The whole point of the Lion <laughs> King 2. There is subtext. <laughs> exactly. That's like, nobody cares about the A-line or the A-plot or whatever, right? It's really about Simba at the end of the day. So they made, they made an entire movie about Simba's psychological, like, where Simba is psychologically in the first part of the movie and where he ends up at the end of the Lion King 2. So it's just such a cool thing for me to find out that they really made a sequel purely about Simba by using all these distracting elements that mm. um, are in the film. <laughs> I sense, that? I sense hesitation, and I sense no, pause no, no, here. No, no, no. I the pause is from like, hey, maybe you're onto something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me walk you through a couple specifics really quick. Yeah, yeah. walk yeah. through a couple specifics. Um, so most people know that the first Lion King is derivative off, off of Hamlet, right? And that's why, like, it might not be the most original story, but it's a story that people empathize with, connect with, or whatever yeah. have you. Scar, you know, killing Mufasa. But this one, I love that the sequel, unlike the other sequels, which, like, I don't know what kind of literature they're pulling from, like, Mulan <laughs> 2, I'm not entirely sure. Same thing with Little Mermaid 2. But for Lion King 2, they went full on with the bit, and they continued the Shakespeare bit and made this about uh, Romeo and Juliet, right? So the mm. whole thing with Kofu and Kiara... Mm. Um, and for those that don't know, is basically the whole point of the movie is that Kiara, who's Simba's daughter, falls in love with Kofu, who's Scar's son, which you never really find out about. It's not his son. It's 
his like adopted son. Successor. His successor yes. to yes. the Outlands. Key important detail. Like, After good, they've been banished. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Um, but they fall in love and it's basically just a story about how they want their love to be real. But uh, I'd say Kofu's family is it's more about it's a ploy for them to get to overthrow Simba and the, the, the lions that live on Pride Rock because they're much more well-off and they're much more well-fed and all yeah. bright-skinned and read into that however yeah. many... Yeah, and however a lot of, we, like, uh, revenge arc of yeah, he killed exactly. Scar, so we want to kill Simba. Exactly, exactly. So there's a lot of, like, yeah, class undertones, racial undertones, but also just, like, retribution and anger and, and violence. But, yeah, so that's I guess that's the overall plot. But then once you realize what's really happening in the movie and all the reasons why it tells you it's not actually about Kofu and Kiara and this like surface level story, it's really about Simba coming to terms with himself as a king. That's when the movie really fucking opens up. Um, <laughs> thank you. I'm taking questions. Uh, any questions? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I just think it's great. I think another thing I can like pull up really quickly whilst we're comparing two of the films. Yeah. I feel like when we talk about films a lot, we talk about characters and we talk about good stories and what makes a good character and what makes a good story right mm-hmm. i feel like the thing that i loved about the lion king too is that again i can't believe we're going this deep into my analysis honestly of simba's I, simba's yeah. character as a <laughs> you know uh but for me for me it's like the first movie is all about simba wanting to be king and he has this whole obviously you know the hit song Mm, like, but, you know the hit song yeah, d- d- don't let me go there, don't let me go there. <laughs> I just can't wait to be king he just but... can't wait to be king <laughs> <laughs> and then his whole thing is about really wanting to but he's ultimately denied it because he's he feels like he killed his father so he can't go back to it but all he wanted is to be king the movie starts off with Kiara questioning whether she wants to be a princess right she hates it and so mm-hmm. this is such an interesting early like kickoff to the film because it puts Simba in a corner where all he's wanted was this life, right? His entire life. And for him to uh, to, to lead or, or to be his father. But Kiara doesn't want any of that. So that's why she goes and frolics around and like tiptoes outside of Pride Rock a little bit here and there and eventually meets yeah. Kofu and that brings up a lot of tension. So I mean Kofu, I'm sorry, and Simba and Kiara are already foils to each other, which makes such a beautiful story because it really tells you also a story about parenting, right? Like yeah. you, all you want is what's best for your kids, but what if your kid really doesn't want anything to... Uh, do the things that you want your kid to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I already love that character arc. Um, that's uh, part of the argument, I would say, <laughs> to the beauty mm-hmm. of this film. <laughs> Are you overwhelmed with passion? Yeah, 100%. I, I don't know, maybe just like, just to push more a bit of like, the things that I'm saying about how great this film is and why the story is so important and why I really think it's slept on is because, look, even look at the name. Do you, uh, Eliana, what's the name of the Lion, the full name of the Lion King 2, do you know? The Lion King 2 is Simba's Pride. There we go, right? You think yeah. about it as Simba's Pride and you're like, oh, Simba's Pride, huh? His pride and joy, his daughter, Simba's Pride, being uh, Kiara, right? It's not actually about that, everybody. <laughs> this is Simba's Pride because his pride is being challenged, it's being hurt, because it's really about him being king. And there's actually some great scenes in the movie where... When do you feel he, like his pride is being challenged? Well, I think for him, it's like he's, he feels prideful that he is king, right? He needs to maintain that. He needs to yeah. be the best king as possible. But if he can't be a good father for his daughter, how can he be a good king, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's where 
you just get you just get elements that challenge Simba and this notion of being king and being the perfect lion, if you will, the perfect person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I feel like, yeah, it's really about what 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 like what does that mean, right? And it's all about the, these elements of things that are so important to people that drive them insane. For Simba, it's this idea of being king, and he won't budge um, with letting Kiara be the mm-hmm. person that she wants to be. Uh, so that's one. But then even take a look at the villain, right? Uh, Kofu's mother, who wants to overthrow pride rock at the end of the movie she's uh her own clan betrays her because they see a much better life with the other lions on pride rock but Mm -hmm. she's never gonna let go of the idea that scar is the rightful king right yeah so it's just again it's just this whole concept Mm -hmm. of like really challenging uh challenging people's pride challenging people's character challenging people's previous (laughs) preconceived notions yeah Uh, so it's a beautiful flipping story I, I agree with all of those points, except I don't I don't feel as so much that Simba's like pride is being questioned. Mm-hmm. Like the I don't feel there is so much kind of the importance of like his daughter being queen. And I feel like that's kind of only touched upon. It's more like um towards the end, you know, just her and Kovu and like trying to get them like together you know i i don't (laughs) feel like there's so much queen stuff at the end but i do like the foil between kofu's mom and how her downfall is the thing that kind of brings them all together but definitely yeah i think yeah the way i process a lot of it it's really about accomplishment and achievement and stature and where where people Mm. are what they think they deserve and how they think they are doing right by their people yeah. Um, so all of that is being challenged from a bunch of different levels, right? So it, it's also just a story about how the the people, like the events of the Lion King one, ultimately people need to get over that as well to create a new future. So yeah. uh, it's just such a beautiful, yeah. it's a beautiful story arc. But I, I I do agree with you. I do I do agree with you for the most part in terms of uh, it's not too in your face. Look, I'm I'm gonna say this now. I think yeah. I I'm think gonna we're say really this now. Stretching some things out. <laughs> In my years of arguing how great The Lion King 2 is, there are definitely some parts that I stretch out. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things, like, yeah, you can watch the movie and have a good time and not look into any of this stuff. But I think for me, it's, like, when you really look at what they're doing to Simba's character and playing uh, with these concepts... There is more to it than you think. So I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, my God. Definitely. What did you think of the music? Oh, why don't you make me starker than that? I think the music is amazing. I don't recall any of the how would you say, the other music pieces in any of the other Disney sequels? I can only that remember could just be one me. because it gets stuck in my head all the time. And it's the first song in Mulan 2. But that's just me being strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, so I watched it last night and I was like, I can't remember any of them. I remember there's one like about the one or something. And... Oh it just it just didn't resonate. Oh I my feel so God. judged right now. I feel horrible. <laughs> the intro song, He Lives in You, which is really about, again, setting the tone that Simba is... is this movie is about him coming to terms of being a father. He doesn't have a father anymore because mm. Mufasa died. So the whole intro song is about Mufasa living in all of us or the concept of your dead... The people that are that are gone continue within your legacy, but at the same time, you have to be your own person. You know but it's I mean? not a banger. It's such a banger. Oh, <laughs> come on. Then sing it for me. 
I dare somebody. No, I'm not. Gonna <laughs> that's gonna make that's gonna make everybody uh, turn the opposite way. Have the opposite opinion. No, like literally, go listen to the song. He lives in you. It's got it's beautiful. The overlay of all the animals coming together and the the meaning behind it. It's not as uh, impactful as the intro song to The Lion King. Obviously, Circle mm. of Life. God bless. But uh, <laughs> it, it it sets the tone because it's telling you that something deeper is at play here. It doesn't have to be too flashy. You yeah. pendy. Come oh, on, you pendy. Yes. yes. The uh the the Disney the song, song that get yeah the love song that that courts the two no, the my, two young my lions. favorite thing at the at the end when the song's like fading out and he's just walking around like you bendy yeah you bendy <laughs> like that's a yeah, bit you unnecessary <laughs> yeah you absolutely nailed it yeah I think just those two are bangers I mean obviously the rest of the the, the soundtrack is amazing it's 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 not just I think I don't think the music is an issue in this film that's what I'll say no it did. Compared to the other ones, it felt like there were less kind of musical numbers, you know? Like, they were just like, oh, this is nice, this means this, we'll just throw this in here, rather than like, okay, cool, we need this musical number next to, like, push this yeah. forward. And I kind of agree. Musical. It's, it's interlaced a little bit more. I think my favorite is the second track of the, of the movie, where Simba is kind of describing to Kiara that, you know, she is meant for a greater future here and she has a greater responsibility mm-hmm. and uh you know him kind of imparting that wisdom yeah it's not it's not too big of a a number but it's again beautiful because the whole song is <laughs> it cuts between all the little different animal kingdom groups and all of them having kids and <laughs> teaching yeah, yeah. teaching the kids the right way to live their lives and it's i can't believe you almost insulted the uh the, the soundtrack here of the lion king too uh it's it's it slaps for sure yeah well i think what didn't help is that i've had weeks of of built up from you and from the whole like <laughs> Twitch community, and then when I watched it, I was like, "Cool, I'm ready for this." And yeah. it was nice, but it, it was not, just nice. It's not your like, look, I want to do karaoke. This is my top. These are the three songs I'm going to queue up. It's definitely not there. Right? No, it's, it's going to be it's at e- like the thirteen, fourteen range. You know? Yeah. If it comes up in your Spotify shuffle, you're like, "Yeah, okay, go on." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think the mu- I think the music is great overall. Um, Mm. Yeah, I, I I don't know what other pillars of a Disney movie there is to talk about, but to me the story is at its core. The music adds to it, and uh, it's gorgeous. Obviously, they brought mm-hmm. the voice cast back; it's phenomenal. But uh, yeah, I just think I just think the movie slept on. And obviously, like I do bits about how great The Lion King Two is, but in all honesty, I really really think it's it's a phenomenal movie that not a lot of people have read into as much. No, definitely not. But I think with the amount of sequels and the quality of most of them. I think you can understand why. Yeah. I, these were all direct-to-DVD films, right? Who are we kidding? Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. these were all direct-to-DVD films. <laughs> um, but finding solace and finding more to talk about in direct-to-DVD films are... <laughs> I don't know. That's the, you know, that's the, true, that's the true mark of a great film critic. You know what I mean? Not to believe the hype. Someone of... trying to defend a movie that is, like, really not talked about. Yeah, 100%. Like, not even deserved of a... No. I tried to look this up. I Look, I, this is, I'll share one quick story about my journey of, I don't know, evangelizing people about The, the Lion King 2. Yeah. But I tried to look it up a couple years ago because I had this whole tirade where... <laughs> I've made all these realizations at once because it's been a slow build as well for me where it's like I'm, I like this movie I like it even more watch it sometimes when I feel nostalgic and then a couple of years ago I was like no this is I have all these points to make about this film now but I when need I was to tell doing everyone that, yeah, yeah here's my 34 uh, long Twitter thread about how great this movie is um, no but I think for me it was like 
it, it is obviously a bit and it's a it, it, it's a joke but when i made that epiphany it's like god just nobody else is sharing this opinion on the internet because i looked it up and nobody <laughs> nobody's talking about the liking too that's one and yeah. secondly none of these sentiments that i shared about there being somewhat of a uh, you know a double meaning in the name or like talking about foils to characters of Kiara and so nobody's yeah. sharing any of this. But of you can be thoughts. the first. You can be the first. Yeah. Let me pull up Reddit right now and, and drop a drop a subthread yeah. in R slash well, Disney or something. I would say that before, maybe about two years ago, my equivalent of like standing by the Lion King two was my like complete love for the Kung Fu Panda trilogy. And <laughs> <laughs> I will stand by it. And honestly, it's not an unpopular opinion. I just like briefly looked it up to see if like, you know, before this, what was said. And there was like 10 video essays. There was like Reddit threads and all this stuff. I was like, ah. Oh. That is like nine too many. <laughs> no, no. And maybe I'll save it for another time because I don't have my points ready. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it, it it's a good ride. And there's yeah. three movies, not one. <laughs> I, yeah, we need to do the, like, uh, instead of it being three colors, uh, the three colors trilogy and an analysis over that, it should be the uh, an analysis of the three Kung Fu Panda movies. The three Kung Fu of, Pandas. Of equal, like, of importance of film critique, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just a, a proper formal debate. Yeah, it's not about the it's not about undertones about what the EU means about for certain European populations. It's actually about the coalition of ancient china or yeah, all those, some other all those political MUN conferences you went to in school worthless. definitely or absolutely worthless yeah yeah international <laughs> security nothing to nothing to compare with the greatness of this kung fu panda no. i mean i make fun of that a lot i'm sure that's how people feel about lion king though it's like animated movies are great i don't think anybody's disputing that especially on this show but it's uh no what are the animated movies people aren't talking about you know <laughs> But I do think as well, people do sleep on animated movies in terms of like critical acclaim. Mm. Mm. And, you know, there's so much more to them than just being kids movies. And I'm so glad that there's some like proper animated movies that are coming out that are not for children because it's not, the medium has nothing to do with being for kids. Right, right. Uh, Spider-Verse off of like recent Mm. memory. That's a phenomenal, like one of the best animated movies I saw best superhero movies of all time, I'd yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you have like anime, Studio Ghibli films, Spirited Away, personal oh, favorite of yeah. mine. Um, yeah. I, what's the Wolf Walkers is a previous film that came out. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, it made a lot that of splashes. That was really beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I think I love animation. I love animated films. Yeah. And I think there's so much room to go with pushing boundaries and I think that's why I love Spider-Verse so much is because when I watched it like realistically like I don't care for the plot that much but just in terms of visually what they did mm-hmm. with it I was stunned it's just yeah. like it, when I finished it I was like this is why I love movies like this is someone who loves the craft who just like you know has had complete creative control over it and I love it yeah, not to go too much on a tangent about Spider-Verse, right? But I think the one thing that I always pull out from Spider-Verse is that this also could be a stretch, right? But I'm thinking of um, great filmmakers way back in the day when people were trying to figuring, figure out what framing meant, what blocking was, and how to how to light things, and how to yeah. play with camera movement, all that kind of stuff. I think like, animation, obviously, is a much newer medium. So uh, not too new, but there's still a lot to be explored in terms of the technology there. But Spider-Verse, to me, when they showed i think before the movie came out and they were like oh did you notice that each spider-man 
is in a different frame rate, right? And then they, so like, so like, uh, I'm butchering this, so people probably know, know better, right? But some of them are in 30 frames per second, some of them are like, or they're on twos, in terms of like yeah. they're only animated on a second frame and others aren't or things like that. Oh, I was like, I oh, that. that's how you flip in, that's how you play with this medium and make like a great creative film, you know, despite yeah. not being a physical, I don't know, an in-person film. So yeah, I love animation is totally great. Mm. I'm glad we <laughs> can agree on that. We're just yeah. very dead sound on that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And then speaking of animation, and I've spoken to you about this before, but I have just finished book one of Avatar The Legend of Aang, and I would love to talk to you about it because as far as your nerdy things go, this is one of your favorite nerdy things, if I'm not yep. mistaken. A hundred percent. Who isn't nerdy about? Uh, and like, I don't know anybody who's watched the, the show in its entirety and is a fan that isn't nerdy about the show. Yeah. You can't be a yeah. passive uh, a passive person that likes Avatar. No, you know? and it was really funny. I was out with some friends a few weeks ago and someone just said, oh, it's like, what are you watching now? It's like, oh, I was re- re-watching Avatar The Legend of Aang. One of my friends is like, huh, We're like, what? But isn't that like the children's TV show? And then one of the other guys pipes up and he's like, don't you dare. I've watched it seven times through and I can safely say it's one of the best TV shows of all time. It's like, yes, there is public love for it and it is getting the recognition it deserves. Yeah. That one is not a joke. I know The Lion King 2 is a joke for me, for the most part. I still think it's yeah. a phenomenal film, and I, I agree with my analysis, and I'll, I'll stand by and I'll write an essay about that one day, right? But, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's undisputed. I think Avatar, Legend of Aang is the one of the best, if not the best TV show I've ever seen in my life, and mm. I watch it every single year. There's only two pieces of property that I consume on a year... Ah! Maybe three pieces of property that I consume on a yearly basis, and uh, Avatar... The Last Airbender is definitely one of them. I would go back every year just to binge through. What are the other two, just out of curiosity? Kingdom Hearts 1, my favorite video game uh, of all time. It's a long, I mean, it's a long video. It's like 40 hours or so, but I play that game at least once a year. And maybe sometimes I don't finish it every year, but (laughs) I go back to play that. Came out 2002, literally like uh, allowed my moral compass to be developed because of how great that, that film is. Also features in Kingdom Hearts 2, real quick, I found this very recently when playing Kingdom Hearts 2, mentions about Kiara when you go into the Lion King world. Really? Um, yeah, literally, Simba's like, I gotta protect my daughter. I'm like, is that a Lion King 2 reference? <laughs> <laughs> Two worlds coming together! Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know Kingdom Hearts, it's like Final Fantasy meets Disney, and you, you just play an anime character that walks around the world, and it's great. Yeah. Um, I would say the other one is The Nightmare Before Christmas. I love The Nightmare mm. Before Christmas, one of my other mm. favorite films of all time. Um, it, it's starting to change. I feel like I do watch Nightmare Before Christmas a lot, but I'm starting to change my yearly movies. I'm trying to watch more movies on a yearly basis, but that mm. was always a more of a staple a as classic. well. Yeah, but okay. no, Avatar, oh my, oh my God. Yeah. So how, how do you like it uh, so that I... Really good. So when I, I watched it as a kid when it was coming out, and I think I must have rewatched it when I was like, you know, 13 or 14, when it kind of... I guess came back to popularity as like a good show and rewatching it now I've definitely like there are only like few bits and bobs that I remember but probably halfway through the first season like from the half point on I just think it's so good I love the Zuko storyline with his grandfather and like in terms of how he's like his whole thing it was like honor and like bringing the avatar back but now you know does he want that? How does he fulfill his character character arc? I agree. I think the funniest moment early, I think episode three or four, 
Kiyoshi yeah. Island or Kiyoshi, the Kiyoshi Warriors, right? And Aang is doing the little marble trick, and he's yeah. like, "Hey Katara, <laughs> hey Katara, look!" And or she's like, "Yeah, that's great, Aang." And she just continues to do the laundry or whatever. And he's yeah. like, "You're not looking." And it's like she looks over and he's not doing it anymore. It's like that's great, Aang. And then continues. <laughs> <laughs> just, the the comedic bits, even in the first season, I think they get better at writing comedy as the show goes on. But yeah. even the comedic bits, like talk about the story, talk about Zuko as a character, one of the best character arcs in television mm. history in my opinion, and no future spoilers, right? Until we get to that point. But yeah, it's even just comedy. It's it's so comical, the jokes and uh, remain funny. Uh, yeah. And I think as well, it with the anime style influence that comes into it, I feel like it brings across like the bending really, really well. But just like the comedic bits, like when they kind of like jump around the screen and like if their eyes or mouths get really big, it's just... It feels like it hits the mark every time. It, it is very... Anim- it is, because it's Western animation, so it's not particularly anime, right? But it yeah. is very anime-esque. I know it's like, people call it like maybe faux anime or surface-level anime. At the core, it really is anime. But yeah, yeah they balance the chibi versions of some characters, or like the f- facial expressions that are just absurd, while also, like, the amount of consultants they got for the action sequences, right? And how they mm. make each bending style so true to certain types of Asian martial arts or whatever have you. It's that level of detail is also insane. It's also one of the best choreographed uh, animations, in, in my opinion, yeah. as well. And one of the things I think I love the most is whenever there's, like, a monster, and particularly about, I'm not going to spoil it, the water monster at the end of season one, mm-hmm. I think was insane animation i just couldn't stop thinking about it it was just so well done and like it represented everything really well it moved so nicely yeah yeah i loved it i agree the animation is phenomenal i it's funny how the reason why i always i'm always shocked when i go back to this is that it's in the old aspect ratio because you know how things are Mm. 16 by 9 for the most part now this was very much like a square box kind of animation show and it was like oh I guess that is how old Avatar is in, in some way. But again, it there, it's not a dip in quality in terms of like... No, no. Oh, you really feel like it is... It feels old, you know? Nothing it really about it feels outdated. Nothing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, any favorite episodes? Any further, like, standout moments of the season? Um, well, because now I'm, like, quite into season two. It's mm-hmm. a bit hard to remember. Um... Let me just pick my mind in case I remember anything. Because <laughs> I've just the thing that I'm like obsessed with right now is mm-hmm. we've just met Toph, and ah, I see. when when she's bending with, like when it goes black and white and you can see her like feel the earth. That's just all I'm obsessed with right now. So that's kind of the only thing that's on my mind. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Again, that's a for the way they use animation to. It makes total sense. The way they animate the little circle rings around her feet, yeah. so that, that, that's how she senses vibration, right? Uh, so cool. Yeah, and I think maybe part of the, also the reason why I love Avatar so much is they play with so many conventions like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. what other TV show shows the death of uh, the main character's friend and him having an existential breakdown um, yeah. uh, because of it in the first, like, again, four episodes of the show, right? Or five episodes of the show or whatever have you. When he goes and, into the Avatar state, it's yeah. so cool. It's the coolest yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it just shows, like, again, pow- the power of animation, the power of, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, the pomp and circumstance of all of it. Yeah, it's just, it's just a well-flipping-crafted 
show. And I think another thing I love is there's so many characters that you meet along the way. And obviously, like, you know, each each episode you're supposed to learn, like, a lesson from the characters. But it it doesn't feel like they're just there to be used. And oftentimes the characters come back in different episodes and different seasons and they, like, connect in different ways. And there's, like, an actual progression. Like, it never feels like someone's just around for the sake of, like, being a funny thing. Yeah. Like, there's, like, actual I, I, purpose to it. I agree. I agree. It's this whole thing about, you know, back back when I was watching it growing up, obviously, as well, right? I, I obviously have grown into much more of a real fan. The more mm. older you get, the more you can pick up on what's actually going on the t- in the TV show, much like The Lion King 2, if anybody would like to rewatch <laughs> that um, again, if they haven't, or if they've rewatched it, don't, mm-hmm. or if they haven't rewatched it in a while. Uh, no, but I think it also kind of just reminded me of it It was one of the shows that taught me that serialized television could be a much longer arc or sorry serialized um animation could have longer story arcs i remember yeah. the other example for me back in the day was like gargoyles but even gargoyles had like a lot of filler episodes and that was like one I of the 90s it. too yeah that's okay They're not worth talking about at the moment <laughs> um but yeah it's one of those like maybe ones that I grew up on where it was like, yeah, every single episode actually matters and it's going to matter in season one, it's going to matter in season two, it's going to matter in like minute 14, 23 of book three in the middle of this episode, it's going to be one line or something like that. Yeah. You know I mean? So yeah, the attention to detail and the importance of every episode is, God, it's just, it's just so great. <laughs> who, who would you say is your favorite character? In the entire show, it has to be, it, it has to be Zuko. There's like, it's a, it's a very basic answer. It's, it's, obviously very very popular character but mm-hmm. it it's more about what they do to the character like you said his whole shtick is about honor and like the one thing that he he's such a two-dimensional character at first he's yeah, the most yeah. two-dimensional character angry just angry boy yeah <laughs> needs needs avatar screw uncle iroh kind of thing you know what i mean and then yeah. and again it's like people forget that the arc like the story arc doesn't really just happen in book three it happens in very early episodes of book one Right? Yeah, and yeah. they spend three seasons and there's a phenomenal episode in season two Zuko alone I don't know if you got to that part yet I think but, I've just watched that yeah yeah and it's just about him and again no, no spoilers for the actual episodes itself but the way they focus on going back and forth and what that means about a person like what yeah. do you do with your life when the most important thing you think is important is no longer the most and on that thing note the way that they bring up uh, flashbacks and like the history of all the different characters it's not done all at once we're like oh we've just met this character this is their whole life story it's not like that at all you have to work for it you you, you see why they do the things they do and then you understand their motivations like you know halfway through book two it's not yeah. all at once here here they are i i agree i agree and they don't shove it all in your in your face either i think one of the great arcs as well talking about character arcs and flashbacks is uh, Uncle Iroh mm. and when you realize the reasons why he's in the position that he is because they tell you in the first episode if I'm not mistaken like why he's taking care of, of Prince Zuko right is he's a failed disgraced uh, general yeah, yeah. And, but you don't really find out the emotional weight of why he left that military life until I think the biggest moment is probably season two and then even season three right so yeah, yeah I, I totally agree it's, it's just there's so much behind there's so much behind everything in this show there's so much behind every single thing in in this show yeah uh it's a crime not to watch it i will say it's a crime not to watch it no this is something i like wholeheartedly stand by and i think there's very few people who'd be like oh maybe you might not like it 
because no, it. It's I not just possible. don't see why you wouldn't. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. My, my la- uh, probably like another thing that hasn't been touched on as much is I think for me as somebody, I mean, you probably knew this. You grew, grew up in a lot more Asian cultures and, and in Asia, obviously. But it's also just that representation element. Like, yes, yeah. majority of yeah. the cast is indeed like very non-Asian actors. <laughs> and even in whatever have you, you know, the movie rendition that we nobody would ever want to talk about. Uh, it's not as representative, but it's more about like I just watched Raya the Last Dragon a couple months ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I cried at one scene. I fully admit I just cried because I saw a mango steam on on yeah. film, on a Disney yeah. film, right? And it was like it's the dumbest reason, but it's like, oh, that's something that I identify as like kind of things that go on over here in Asia or Asian culture, right? But yeah, Avatar for me it was like it made Asians look so cool and, and not in a kitschy there's way. So and, many like, different types and it's like actually representative of Asian culture, not just like, oh, we're gonna look at this one like Han Chinese ethnic yes. minority. Like, it's actually representative of different cultures. Yeah, like, yes. How when you go like in parts of the Earth Kingdom, it's like mangrovey and foresty, and then it's really dry and mountainous. Like, yes, I love it. Yeah, I totally agree. Even even the small details like naming conventions, right? Like yeah. Katara and Sokka coming from the Water Tribe, and you feel that kind of dialect going on in there. And then you have, uh, I guess, more maybe more traditional kind of Chinese influences with the Earth Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it just on a representation standpoint, at least to the best of their ability, I'm assuming they could do with the bounds of like uh, popular television on Nickelodeon. Yeah, it's, it's such a thing that I just harken back to. It's like that's a great flipping show and a great way to represent it's they're not even real cultures <laughs> they're yeah. not even real cultures but it's like, <laughs> but it feels like also, it. yeah it's not like i'm an airbender or something in real life or whatever right but uh yeah. It, yeah i just think it's phenomenal it's great to see diversity in a way that's not like that's universally accepted and you don't you don't talk about avatar and you talk about the diversity right it's like uh, that's the best thing about it as well for me yeah yeah and then another tiny thing that i just love is how they have the same musical themes that they play throughout and kind of how you've got what like music for the water tribe and the fire nation and the earth kingdoms and then my favorite of all i would have to say is momo's like little silly like i don't even know how to describe it but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i think you nailed it that exact oh, sound yeah, but i think could be used in the you show. could play them next to each other and there'd be no difference <laughs> yeah no dude talk about the music i mean again when we talk about good films, when we talk about good pieces of media, it's all about these things working together, right? But for me, yeah, the music is so killer because I'm just thinking of whenever you see the ship, the Fire Nation ship or Zuko, you, you hear the big, it, like, burr, burr. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's beautiful. And again, future, like, no spoilers for future seasons or future episodes, but when the music swell and when it gets epic, it's like, I, I, get, I get close to tears every single time I hear maybe something like the ending music like the music that hits before the credits or uh, just all of the last episode of the entire show. It, oh, it's so crazy how you can, I- yeah, when you can identify music to those moments, right? And that just shows how great the moment is, but also how great the music is. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I don't know if it, it's the same on your Netflix or wherever you watch it, but when you're watching it on Netflix here in the UK, they've got like this Nickelodeon intro. It's like, nick, 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 nick. Yeah. <laughs> and it's this like really obviously like fake but kind of the style of this kid sitting on a skateboard and he's like writing a toilet paper roll and every time you watch an episode you have to watch that oh my god like, i'm I... itching like six episodes a night and i just have to see this little kid on a skateboard on a toilet paper like 
this is a this is a hard pivot but it kind of it's not it's not that hard of a pivot it's more of like a soft pivot but it's like it's kind of like the disney channel like you're watching the disney channel you have to you have to remind you yeah exactly or back in the day when like they would have some voice actors or some people on cartoon or the cartoon network characters themselves oh yeah like do the little bits on the cartoon network logo the black and white cartoon network logo yeah just to remind you that it's a nickelodeon but it's just interesting that they left it in and um (laughs) then after obviously the intro is like water fire earth air and having not watched avatar for maybe like you know probably more than 10 years the first time I watched it I almost had it word for word that's mm-hmm. how much it stuck with me and I don't even think I finished it the first time around like that's clearly that when I was younger this left a, a mark like a really strong impact yeah it's it's like it's become memeified obviously like everybody knows that intro if they talk about yeah. Avatar, right if not just the first part about like good them going through the the nations but again it's so beautiful because they they tell you it's not like any other Nickelodeon show that's out there, right? They're mm. telling you this is going to be a multi-story arc and we've thought about every single detail of this world and even in its intro, it's like, hey, you're going to be in for some, like, we're going to talk about war crimes, we're going to talk about yeah. abuse, we're going to talk about, like, death, you know what I mean? And they all tell you in the intro. <laughs> it's like, huh, I Just, wonder what, like how I didn't make that connection as a kid and be like, this is actually a very depressing, this is very depressing The more you matter. think about it, the more impactful it feels. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And then I, my I, last question, what, what like element do you think you belong to? What tribe? Such a tough one. Such a tough one. I can never figure it out. I don't think I'm earth. I'm too wishy-washy. Um, <laughs> I'm, but I'm not as like, uh, go with the flow quasi Taoist as airbenders are. Mm. So I, I don't think I'm, I'm in that range. It's tough because I think water and fire are, closer to that i I don't know how you would categorize a waterbender versus a firebender but i think the the part that stuck with me is the um uh i don't want to spoil the future episodes for the for the show but in season three there's a like you understand the origins of firebending right and it's this whole concept of like things might not be as they seem and anger could actually be read into like in some ways you could read anger as passion and love right and Mm -hmm. there's foils to what's on the surface so i think that aspect of fire i identify with a lot just there's something deeper and something more beautiful and beneath the surface so i've always appreciated wow. that philosophy of fire bending i don't think i've like, heard you say anything so beautiful before <laughs> did you not hear my spiel about the lion king too was that uh, not sorry, my intellectual second, second most beautiful thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about you how would you describe uh yourself if you were to find it well now i feel be? a bit self-conscious because i have to feel like i have to watch the whole thing before i can make a judgment I feel like normally I right always now. kind of tend towards water just because I feel like, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's just me. But thinking about it now and just hearing your description, I feel like there's probably more to it. I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it and then I'll come back yeah. with like a full essay of why and what means this what. This isn't your Pottermore quiz, you know what I mean? Where you just take a couple questions and it'll tell no. you where the sorting hat places. This is like, so this much more that. than that. Yeah, you need to go deep here. Yeah, but I, again, I my last part about this thing is like uh, Legend of Korra. I know it's a hotly contested issue in the Avatar community, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I, I also think there's some beauty to Legend of Korra and I, I'll stand by it. I think like the season three of Legend of Korra is also up there with one of the best seasons or episodes of Avatar Legend of Aang. And it's like, the way for them to create 
this universe and this show, which like obviously Avatar isn't perfect, is near perfect in my opinion. Avatar wasn't perfect. I, I think Legend of Korra is slightly less than perfect, but mm-hmm. um, I just appreciate so much how they've maintained this level of quality of how they really approach story, and I can't wait to see their uh, the new studio and the new like projects that they're working on under the new Avatar brand and Nickelodeon. Are they making something new? Yeah, they dropped like I know the creators were making a live action Netflix show. But they had creative differences, so it's still mm-hmm. that's still going on, but without the original creators. And then the original creators had a have now a deal with Nickelodeon, where it correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody who's listening properly, I don't know who's listening at this point mm-hmm. about Lion King and Avatar, <laughs> but uh, uh, they they have a new brand under Nickelodeon that's producing original content for in the Avatar universe, but they didn't oh, say cool. what what kind of mediums or what content it would be. Yeah. So just excited to be back. And well, I feel world. like we need to have this conversation again but with like spoiler tags everywhere once I finish yeah. Avatar, Legend of Korra, and then I feel like I can't believe I'm saying this, I need to rewatch the live action Avatar movie. <laughs> God bless you, friend. God bless you. I I think yeah. it'd be here's your content roadmap. Uh Eliana reacts to uh, last episode of Avatar the Last Airbender. Uh, spoiler discussion I think I might need to like stream Zuko's it. character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just, just do whole like Avatar content and then maybe yeah. sneak in a liking That can video. be my niche. <laughs> Reacting <laughs> to animated TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to do the rest of the, the show. And, no, and I'm really excited and I think obviously there's a lot of good content that comes out but I think it's quite rare with a TV show that each episode you watch you are so excited to continue on and I don't I don't know what's gonna happen next at first you're like oh I think this person's gonna do this I think this is gonna happen but you completely like you know I've seen it before and I've completely lost that you know I have no yeah. idea what's gonna happen and I just can't wait to go home and watch it <laughs> I, I think you nailed it I also think it's like crazy how much it gets burned into your brain sometimes mm-hmm. I'll tell you a funny story so this weekend I was, I was playing video games with some friends catching up and uh um, in the background of my friend's microphone, I heard one episode of The Legend of Korra playing because his roommate was watching it in the kitchen. Mm. And I just heard one piece of dialogue, just one piece of dialogue, right? And I, I just, uh, in, in the microphone whilst we were playing the game, I was like, hey, uh, can you go check if that's episode five, specifically around this time mark of that episode? And it, and he was like, hey, like, is that this episode at that time mark? He was like, yeah. Was like, How the heck did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's just so great because, uh, yeah, Avatar is one of those properties where when you rewatch it, you then when you rewatch it, you're much more familiar with the content. You know exactly the beats and like where they go, and there's a reason why it's so memorable. Um, or I could just be an absolute uh, insane person and uh, have probably no... a bit of both. Perhaps <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take that one. But yes, yeah, so I I am a huge advocate for <laughs> these these properties. Great. And then lastly, is there anything you recommend to the many wonderful viewers of the pod out there? Oh my god. Um, I'd recommend you listen more to this podcast because I think there's phenomenal oh, content on here. What a great um, answer. <laughs> yeah. And, and cut, everybody. Cool. The paycheck <laughs> Thanks, <guys>. come through. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess in terms of um, movies, in terms of TV shows, or uh, in terms of just content in general? I guess anything because although this is like based around films, kind of like what we've been talking about with TV shows and like gaming, there's so much more to entertainment and like the quality of it than just movies so yeah just anything I, really uh i think watch edward scissorhands that's a great film scott pilgrim what a great film nightmare for christmas what a great film her what a great film 
um, 500 Days of Summer, just deeply, deeply strong, strong films. And we, I can come back and do multiple renditions of deeper analysis on these, these movies. But yeah. I think for me, it's like, uh, look, we've had a great conversation about like um, animated movies and uh, uh, I guess animated TV shows and really picking apart. I think for me, it's like, look, I haven't studied film on a professional level. I'm not in the film space, if you will. I'm not in the that kind of content space even compared to you. But I think there's a longer, a deeper thread here of we should consume more media that we wouldn't automatically assume that we like, right? Whether that be animation, whether that be uh, short films, like black and white films, if you will, or films from different countries or whatever. Because to me, it's all about representations, about hearing stories from all around the world. So even the things I do with Southeast Asian video games, I just think it's underrepresented. And the only reason why I think it's underrepresented is because not enough people are talking about it. So let's talk about The Lion King 2 even more. You know, Maybe they'll make a better sequel than Lion King 1.5. Or also, like, let's talk about the real like representation elements of avatar and if we can see more television that's like that right or if there's more southeast asian arts or content creators that are talking about these things that are from different angles i just would recommend everybody to consume different forms of media from a bunch of different perspectives no and i think that's probably one of the best ways that you can make change within an industry in our capitalist world is (laughs) you you are essentially paying with what you consume and you are making a difference with what you consume. And the more you talk about it, the more exposure it gets. You know, it it does make or break people's careers, lives, and experiences with media. So I think that's great advice. Great words. I'm with you. And I'm always here to talk about real dumb stuff, like how great the <laughs> like can do is. Um, yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, no problem. I appreciate you. No, <laughs> it's, it's been a pleasure. Anytime I get to geek out with my friends and talk about weird stuff in movies and TV shows, it's always a great time. So this is yeah. just like our, our monthly calls, you know what I mean? It is, so yeah. It's only just weirdly recorded. <laughs> to be fair, all of our other ones should have been. <laughs> <We've had that. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always been great it's, conversations. It's so avant-garde. It's so like new media, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is this No is worries. Uh, everyone should go check out Arif's uh, twitch.tv slash Arif Johan and learn more about some really cool Southeast Asian games. And you might get some more fun bits in between. <laughs> Guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. <laughs>